Hey, how? Hey, Autumn. So I watched this weird movie the other day. Oh, yeah? What's it about? Well, there's this woman. She has cerebral palsy, and uh, she wants to become a songwriter. And after getting rejected by a guy she really likes at school, she ends up transferring schools because that's an appropriate response uh, <laughs> and moving from India to New York where she starts making so many decisions okay but is it gay? Welcome to Okay, But Is It Gay, a podcast about gay movies that you probably haven't heard of, ones that don't end up on lists very often, uh, ones that I've never heard recommended. This one, we actually, uh, Autumn and I had to watch for a class, for a queer theory class at uh, in our grad program. And we were so excited for it. We were so excited because this this movie has bisexual, uh, bisexual character is the main character. We were like, representation, we're in this movie. Um, <laughs> we're not in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I hope we're not in this movie. For trigger warnings for this movie, there is some, like, low-level ableism. None of it is, like, super, like, belligerent, but it's, like, microaggressions. There is a BLM rally on screen. It is ne- It is not the subject of anything, and, like, we don't. And there's there's police brutality involved, but we don't see anyone get hurt really brutally. It's mostly just implied. Yeah, it's mostly just implied. Uh, this movie deals very heavily with the death of, death of a parent, with cancer treatment. There are sexual themes. I believe that is it. Themes and acts. <laughs> themes and acts. Yeah, let's let's jump right into it. Marguerite with a straw is is sure is a movie it's again just like last week this is a movie that is extremely solid for like the first 40 or 50 minutes and then we just go off the rails it's this one is so disappointing because mm-hmm. the entire structure is really great mm-hmm. and it was like it was so close it's also this is the only foreign language film on our list right yeah so that's exciting too it is partly a, lot, a good chunk of it is in Hindi. The you know the the parts that take place in the U.S. are in English, but a good a good chunk of it is in I believe they're speaking Hindi. It might be Punjabi. Uh, let me look. Um, but we we open on some really fun, like atmospheric shots of Lila's family. What's their last name? The Kapoors driving through Delhi where they live, um, there's like cute moments as like each family member gets dropped off at like work or school. You can tell that their dynamic is really fun and positive and like they all like hanging out with each other and you know, it's a good supportive family environment. And then Lila gets dropped off at Delhi University where she is studying music and she meets her friend Dhruv for lunch. Um, and then it turns out that the elevator is out and so Lila needs help to she has cerebral palsy and she uses a motorized wheelchair to get around and she like needs help to get up to the second floor for band practice 
where she scopes out like there's a music class going on and she smokes stokes out this uh scopes out rather (laughs) this like cute guy that she has a crush on he's a guitarist yeah the actor i don't remember what that character's name is i didn't even write his name down oh wait yes i did uh nima yes yeah she and drew of her friends we learned they have kind of like a, Mm -hmm. a friends with benefits situation going on also uh mm. she's like going back and forth between like lusting after nima and then hooking up with Drew. good for you <laughs> so she's having a pretty great time yeah this movie this movie's very concerned with like exploring the sexual life of a disabled person which we don't get very often in films yeah like yes um in real life too i feel like uh it's kind of assumed when you have a, a visible like disability of any kind that you're kind of I don't know you no longer like have a sex life or something mm-hmm. which is interesting when paired with the fact that Lila is bi since bi people are then often considered to like just be extremely uh overly sexual all the time so we got this lovely dynamic going on mm-hmm. the movie tries to navigate try being the keyword tries really hard <laughs> And then at home, uh, Lila is chatting with, like, one of the people from the band. They're waiting on her lyrics. Like, she's their lyricist for their new song that they're, that they're writing for a band competition. It's like an uh, like a inter-university competition, like, Battle of the Bands type thing. This is also the sequence where we get, like, Lila is, like, trying to explore her sexuality, is, like, trying out masturbating for, like, implied the first time. And she's, like, 18, 19. She's, like, a sophomore or freshman at university. And, yeah, like, we don't often think of, like, specifically of wheelchair users as being, like, sexual Mm -hmm. beings. And so this scene is nice because it's, like, a private, like, almost, like, it's not lurid. It's not, like, leering, you know? Like, she's facing away from the camera. We we just know what she's doing. So it's, like, I was going to say it's, like, desexualized, but, like, it's literally a sex act, so it's not. But it does feel really private yeah yeah it's not voyeuristic in that way that sometimes uh sex scenes in movies can be yeah this this movie does handle uh the majority of its sex scenes really well (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) like really tastefully i mean yeah then like her and drew like have like a sneaky makeout session in an empty bio lab at the university we there's a like cute moment where they're like wheelchairs like sort of clinked together they like have to figure out how to navigate like the two of their bodies in this space as well as the, these two machines and it's like just like a cute really normalizing moment for like these two wheelchair users like this is a thing they have to think about when they are trying to do physical things yeah i feel like the movie does take a lot of time to try to highlight and like zoom in on a lot of really specific day-to-day things that uh lila has to deal with being in a wheelchair like throughout the whole movie you know the move it doesn't uh shy away from anything like that which was really nice to see Mm -hmm. then there's a birthday party at the school for nima lila's crush and she invites him to like a jam session at her place it's like it's very clearly like her trying to ask someone out for the first time and she's not quite sure how to do it and so she's being a little bit too blunt and it's like very cute yeah it's also (sighs) 
you get the vibe that he from the beginning like he you know he's very sweet this is a very sweet guy mm-hmm. but clearly only like sees her as a friend mm-hmm. so you like know where it's going and you're just kind of watching this train wreck slowly happen yeah like secondhand embarrassments and Drew also gets really upset I don't is that around the time where like they have their little that's a kind of fight about her crush that's a couple scenes later Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, Dhruv is salty for no reason. <laughs> like, she asks Nima out, and Dhruv is like, oh, am I not good enough for you? Like, dude, you hooked up once. <laughs> once that we know of. I suppose. I mean, let's be let's be clear. Like, this could have been going on for but some time. But we don't know that. As far as the audience is concerned, they've hooked up once. And they didn't have, like, any sort of conversation about, like, oh, we're going to be a thing now. Definitely... There was the vibe that it, it was just like a casual mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, and he's he's upset that she wants to like I think the word was explore with other yeah. people. Which I don't know why you think you have some sort of claim on her, my dude. Yeah. But but like before the the saltiness happens, we get this really cute scene of Lila and her mom. Lila's mom is playing the sitar and the two of them are singing together and it's like the movie is establishing and demonstrating that uh the two of them have this really close bond. And then, like, her mom helps her bathe, and they, like, talk about her crush on Nima. It's just, like, a really cute sort of wholesome, like, this is a good family dynamic, and they are close. Which, like, makes a thing that happens later really heartbreaking. Spoilers. (laughs) Listen. (laughs) (laughs) Then we get the the band's show, and everything goes really well. Like, Nima is on vocals and guitar, and then Lila, uh, as well as being their lyricist is also running their synth board on like during the performance uh this is when drew is being salty yeah stop making it about you dude (laughs) yeah (laughs) but then the worst thing ever happens which is that the judges like their band wins lila nima's group wins and then the judges in front of everyone says that the only reason that they won was because their disabled lyricist wrote the song. Like, they found out that the girl with cerebral palsy in this band wrote the lyrics, and were like, well, we had to give the award to this college and this band. And then they, like... And they explicitly said that. Yeah. Like, we had no choice but to give it to this group for this reason that has nothing to do with talent. Yeah. And it's like, if you... If that's a decision that you want to make as a professional, like, first of all, don't. But second of all, if you want to do that, don't tell everybody. What? Especially not the person you're giving the award to. And they, like, corner her to try and get her to make a speech. They, like, push the microphone in her in her face and she flips them off. That's, yeah, that's honestly, I loved her the most in that moment right there. That was really great character moment for her. And we're just all like, yeah, so as you said, you know, with the warnings that there's some ableism, but like the movie, you know, never, I don't know, it doesn't, I wanted the movie honestly to come back to this more Mm -hmm. because from a lot of these like beginning conflicts and especially with the band competition which so far the movie has like completely led up to this competition right nothing ever happens with this yeah we don't even really get her like interacting with music all that much yeah we're we're done with this now (laughs) yeah 
um, then at like the sort of after party for this event, Nima like tries to comfort Lila about the incident. He's like, oh, that was messed up. What happened? And she comes on super strong in confessing her feelings. It's like, oh, no. And, you know, we knew it was coming. We knew it was going to be a train wreck, but it was somehow so much worse. Yeah. And you, you just you want to look away and you can't look away. <sighs> yeah. And she is so upset that he doesn't love her. She is so upset. Like love specifically. Yeah. Like, ma'am, we gotta we gotta like two steps back here. I mean, they haven't even really hung out much like on their own before. No. And she's like, why doesn't he love me? Girl. Because he doesn't know you like that. <laughs> There's a process to this, please. And then we get this like weird hard cut. Like they like forgot that later in this movie there's gonna be a cancer subplot, so we have to drop this scene of Lila's mom getting blood work done. She and her husband do talk about, like, Lila's treatment by the university, um, and her mom wonders if she might not, like, be better at, like, specifically a foreign university, which, like, I don't know. I'm not going to speak for, like, an Indian person living in India thinking about ableism that might exist in her country and might not be the same in others, but, like, that feels weird to me. That feels, like, imperial. Yeah, I really wish we got any sort of discussion at all about why they think her going to school in New York mm-hmm. is better. I mean, because the, then the only impression I'm left with is like, oh, I have to get as far from this boy that rejected me yeah. as physically possible. <laughs> and like, that's a mood, but also it doesn't make any sense. And like now, and this is something that the family is obviously concerned about, like that she's also now super far from like mm-hmm. her support network because the family can't just up and move to New York, obviously. So that, and that also feels... It's because the whole decision feels so random and it's such a huge move that she's making by herself and I don't know why she's doing it. So it feels irresponsible, really. Yeah, it's also the inciting incident of the film. Like, everything else in this movie happens specifically because she's in New York. So, like, I don't understand, like, why we didn't zoom in on this decision. There's not even instead of focusing so much on like the band competition and stuff, mm-hmm. we could have focused more on something that actually ties to New York, mm-hmm. maybe like shown her applying to mm-hmm. these foreign schools, something. Maybe she watched a movie that like I don't know showed something about New York that looked amazing. I don't know, literally anything. Yeah, or like NY, like it's NYU specifically and they have really good art colleges in NYU. So maybe she's specifically excited about this specific program, but like instead we get the impression that like her mom thinks that like ableism will be lessened in a western context, which like I don't know about that, chief. And also that she, like, Lila doesn't want to go to school in Delhi anymore because boy. Because she will see Nima there. And it's like, girl, don't take classes with him anymore. I mean, the, the school did seem like it was kind of small, or at least her program gave me the impression it was kind of small. So maybe that's impossible to avoid him. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, we don't know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, even, even like if she had an artist that she admired that said they went to NYU. Mm-hmm. 
That's all I need. We like we don't get her like the process of applying for this transfer. We don't get any of that. And it's sort of a little bit implied that her mom applied for her, which is like so much. Like, hey movie, <laughs> why are we going that way? With like her mom taking away this like specific piece of agency that she has. Like, don't do that. Yeah, just the next scene we get is we learn that she was accepted to NYU. Yeah. And now the mom's like trying to convince the dad to that this is a good idea to let her move there yeah he like doesn't want her be be so far away which like is fair it's a whole other continent yeah he does like end up supporting her he's like i don't like this but like if it's what you want then okay the dad is a really great character there's not too much of him and that makes me sad yeah but what characterization that he does get is like really solid so Lila's parents help her pack and there's like a little family dance party and it's really cute like again just like driving home the fact that this family is really close-knit and like the stuff that is gonna happen later is gonna be really bad uh drew yeah and drew also arrives for this like going away party it calls her a bitch but like in a good-natured like friendly way so i guess they're cool now like we don't get any resolution to this conflict at all oh calling someone a bitch isn't the way that you resolve uh your conflicts no not really interesting but like i guess it doesn't matter because we're in new york now (laughs) like her mom has come along to like help her get settled in her new apartment uh lila like tries to make friends with some chess players in like the park across from her apartment complex and once again like comes on too strong you can't just walk up to a chessboard and start correcting people's moves i thought that was hilarious I really love her confidence throughout this movie, honestly. Yeah, 100%. Like, again, we don't get a lot of, like, wheelchair users with this, like, this, like, brand of, like, I don't care <laughs> kind of confidence. Like, hi, I'm a wonderful person and you're gonna know about it sort of thing. Yeah, and she never really gets, I mean, even though, you know, she went through this rejection recently, she never seems to get let down to the point that she doesn't, like, trying or like seeking out new potential relationships Mm -hmm. which is also really great no like not a lot of self-pity yeah or anything then we get like and like none of the all of the obstacles like that her disability present come from other people she is never like i can't do this because i'm a wheelchair user unless it's like stairs you know like she is never standing in her own way, which is great. Love a disabled character with, like, minimal dis- internalized ableism. Like, absolutely. Yeah, they, they do handle uh, the the disability part of this story pretty well, it feels like. So li- then Lila attends her first, like, intro to creative writing class, and her professor wants uh... her to write from her liver. <laughs> He's, like, talking about, like, oh, don't write from your heart. Don't write from your brain. Everyone does that. Try writing from, like, different parts of you. Like, your liver is, I think, the thing that he specifically name drops. And then, I don't know what that means. Don't you just love when when teachers say things that make no sense? And they know they make no sense, but they just, they say them anyway. (laughs) It's how I teach, honestly. (laughs) I mean, you gotta say something. (laughs) And then we meet Jared. Here's Jared. Hi, King Peter is in this movie. We were so... What's his actor's name? I don't even... We were struck. William Mosley is in this film. And he comes on the, the stream... The stream... The screen. 
for the first time when we were watching this for class. And it's like, what? Why Why is Narnia <laughs> in this <went>. movie? <laughs> Don't you have a line to talk to? Go away. Yeah. He, the professor assigns her a note taker, assigns Lila a note taker, which is something that a lot of like disabled students have if you're not familiar with like, you know, university process, I guess. A lot of the times a disabled student will request or have requested on their behalf by the... Um, which whatever department handles like disability accessibility issues, a note taker so that they can keep up in class. But I, as far as like, at least like in my undergrad, like the disabled person had to start that process. Like there's a form you have to fill out and like maybe an email that you have to send. But this professor has like assigned her a note taker without asking her or without her asking for a note taker. So it's like, why would you assume that she needs this specific accommodation? And he just springs it on her in the middle of class. Like they are, it, they're they're actively, you know, working on their first assignment. He just walks up to her and is like, yeah, so I did yeah. this thing for you. Doesn't even ask if she wants it. And she's about to say no, like I'm okay. <laughs> when she sees who it is and then agrees because he's cute, which I mean. Yeah, which is hilarious. Yeah. <sighs> We, you and I have talked about this before, but I thought it was so weird that, because Jared is like, you know, meant to be kind of your very stereotypical, like, blonde haired, blue eyed, uh, hot white guy, you know? Yeah. And, and it's weird that they got a British actor and not an American one, I think. Yeah. Since we are in New York. Yeah, it's not, like, a problem, but yeah. it is just, like, if you think about it for a second, it's like, wait, if he's supposed to represent, like, the archetypical hot Western boy in this, like, American context, why isn't he a New Yorker? <laughs> like, I don't understand. Unless the movie was trying to make some sort of statement about, like, British imperialism in India or something. Whoa, I didn't think about that. What? I don't know, it... It doesn't commit to it if it does, but... No, not at all. It's such a... It just it feels like such a specific choice to make when we are set in New York. I mean, NYU is a pretty international school, mm-hmm. but still. Yeah, I guess, like, they're supposed to both be, like... I don't know. Foreigners in a foreign port, maybe? But they don't talk about that. He never comes across like that, though. Yeah. He, he very much, his character feels like you know, uh, very comfortable in New York. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, he They talk after class and he wants to travel to India because his stepdad's guru is from there. And like, red flag. Red flag. <laughs> if a white boy... Yeah, Jared... If a white boy talks to you about your your culture and your like place of origin like this, get rid of him. Bye-bye. He definitely like comes across as he's trying to be very polite and like is is trying to be very nice he's never rude or anything he just occasionally says things that are like a little bit off like that mm-hmm. where you know we who are looking at this boy who we thought was stuck in narnia and we're like what are you doing <laughs> then like a like a non-indescript amount of time like later lila ends up inadvertently she's just like um going down the road and like ends up at a BLM rally uh, that when as as you are as yeah. as you do uh, she is absolutely <laughs> down to clown like right away 
She's Lila said a cab. <laughs> she joins this crowd like fully and like joins in on the thing that they're chanting. It's really good. And like again, like this is a person who's extremely confident and like very passionate and cares about things and is like absolutely down like 100% of the time and it's really good. Also a great meet cute moment. Yes. You know, just at a rally. The best meet cute in any in any movie this season. Tear gas gets deployed, which is a great sentence like right after what I just said. But like tear gas gets deployed and Lila like rescues another pro- another protester. She's blind and so is having trouble like navigating the crowd now that everyone's dispersing very quickly and ends up like in Lila's lap and she like like scoots them out of there. She getaway cars them out of this out of this like area now that like stuff is going down. And that's how we meet Kanum. She is a blind woman. She's an activist. She is her family is from Pakistan. Uh, the two of them like bond a little bit. And Lila introduces her mom to Kanum. It's really cute. I love them. Yeah, Kanum is uh, my favorite character in this movie. Yeah, she does nothing wrong. She's perfect. We love her. Hundred percent. She's also drop dead gorgeous. Oh yeah, can't forget that important <laughs> detail. Uh, our next scene is much prettier than Jared. Much prettier than Jared. Like, like Jared's handsome, but like he loses points every time he opens his mouth. He knows he's handsome. Yeah. That's the problem. Yeah. Uh, Jared is late for an appointment with Lila uh, because he's making out with some rando in the hallway. Yeah. What. What are you doing? Do that somewhere else. Yeah. I mean, it literally just exists to, like, show to Lila that he is, if not taken, at least, like, engaged. I don't know. Not engaged, but, like, interacting with. (laughs) Interacting? Yeah. (laughs) He's got interactions. Well, in her mind, he's he's taken now. Um, um, Lila wants to write about Nima for their first assignment and <laughs> refers to him as her first relationship, which like, girl, honey. I think the exact phrase was yeah. first love, which <laughs> ripped to Drew. I feel bad for him, honestly. <laughs> like, my God, he, he's already down. Why you keep like hurting him like this? Yeah, I think she mostly brought up Nima just because she saw Jared making out with that woman and now she like wants to be like oh I have experience mm-hmm. too that was the vibe that and I got. Jared responds by being absolutely shocked that a wheelchair user has had sex like dude don't be rude and like that's none of your business yeah. Jared absolutely none of your like, business she doesn't use any sexual language to describe her relationship with Nima he brings up sex he's like so you've had sex it's like what you just met her love when on my second ever meeting with someone they just ask that Mm -hmm. you know totally normal (sighs) casual and then he like insists the girl that he frenched in the hallway is just a friend yeah jared is jared is a slut basically is what we get from this scene (laughs) stop falling and not for ableist white boys to k21 you're better than that Kanum is back. Her and Lila hang out some more. If, like, Jared could not be in this movie and it was just Kanum, that'd be better, I think. Yeah. They go to, like, it's like a Radio Shack type shop. There's, like, music and electronics. Um, I don't know if Radio Shack is too old a pull. <laughs> but Lila buys a... You could say electronics store. You could yeah. just be generic. <laughs> yeah. 
Lila buys a tablet that has like text to speech that she can like mount on her wheelchair because she's never had anything like that. Uh, and she also like tries to haggle because <laughs> that's how it is in India. A lot of the times when you're buying something, it's like the culture. Um, like this is just something I know from like watching like Indian dramas. Uh, but it's like the culture over there to haggle a little bit like it's a sign of like you actually want this thing and also like a sign of respect for the um for the shopkeep to like let you haggle uh so she tries to haggle with this guy and he's like really good natured about it she's like i want 50 percent off because you know you you start with a high number and then you can negotiate down uh, but he's like i don't know about that <laughs> He's like, let me let me go talk with my manager. That was a really fun mm-hmm. scene. Just again, you know, showing us a bit more of Lila's personality, which, you know, is, as we already said, like very confident and fun for the mm-hmm. most part. And also a way to like incorporate like this immigrant's culture into a scene without like making fun of it. Like it's a fun scene, but it's it's not, it doesn't feel like a joke. Yeah. Um, which like makes sense. Like this is an Indian film. Like it takes place partially in New York, and so I like have to keep reminding myself that this is not a Western story that is just depicting an Eastern character. So like, there's that. But uh, then the two of them go to a museum, and Kanum has like the um, the audio tour, uh, like head like earbuds on, and she shows Lila this like carved obelisk that uh, depicts the sky goddess Newt. Um, from Egyptian mythology and like the two of them like you know it's one of those displays that you can touch and so the two of them like map the carvings with their hands and Kanum also maps Lila's face and she says that she's pretty and that's great in a very platonic way of course yeah. you know no homo two gals being pals <laughs> <laughs> then we get like a little bitty montage like Lila hangs out with her chess friends Jared is there for some reason Uh, and then Lila and Kanim go swimming and Lila like discovers that she's a boob person (laughs) like oh this is great Uh, then they go to this like jazz club and Lila has a cocktail for the first time I guess I said that she she must have been 18 or 19 because she was like young and like just starting uh, university but she must be 21 if she's like drinking in the U.S. So maybe I don't know anything. Yeah, I never thought about that. I forgot about <laughs> drinking ages. <laughs> Oops. Yeah, I, I mean, she looks really young, so... Mm-hmm. She's, like, styled. And I young guess and... maybe the family kind of is a bit overprotective with her, so that also gives a bit of an impression that, like, she's a bit younger than she is, I guess. Mm-hmm. How old was the actress? Oh, she's 37 now, so she was, in this was oh. 2014. This is how quickly can Hal do math. The movie came out in 2014, so 21, which is now. Seven. Yes, seven. <laughs> so she was 30 when she was doing this movie. Okay, that feels fake, but all right. <laughs> but she's, like, styled very young, and I guess it's easy to think of her as, as being, like, 18 or 19 or 20 because she's, like, you know first love stuff is happening but also 21 is extremely young if you're 21 right now you're a baby sorry <laughs> okay but when i was 21 i didn't think uh, a boy should love me after i said hi to him like once so also that <laughs> just saying that, that i don't know if that has anything to do with lila's age that's just like that's just how she is I don't know, but it it implies a level of like immaturity, at least relationship wise, that 
uh, makes her seem younger. Mm-hmm. To me, anyway. Yeah. No, I think that's fair. But she, like, has a cocktail for the first time and orders a margarita with a straw. Haha. Roll credits. <laughs> Kanye asks if she's, like, dated anyone before and is, like, upset that Lila's, like, down on herself. This is the one time that we see Lila, like, being sort of self-deprecating. She's like, no, no one wants to date me. No one would want to date me. And... Kanum's like, um, that's dumb. You're pretty. See, she is a little self-deprecating here just to give Kanum a chance to... To compliment her. Be all sweet and romantic. Yeah. <laughs> and then they... Lila sleeps over mm-hmm. at, at Kanum's apartment after that, mm-hmm. right? And they do... And then they have a little nice massage ending with a fun time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they have, they have a nice time. They... they they kiss. I've written in my notes, candles, cuddles, kisses. Uh, that's a pretty good description. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they have, as we've talked before about, like, the tasteful, like, masturbation scene. They have a really tasteful uh, sex scene here. Mm-hmm. And it's also, like, artsy. Like, the lighting is really nice. And it's, like, very sort of, like... I don't know, like, yeah, it's, like, artsy. I don't know how to describe it. Yeah, low lighting. The camera's, like move pans really slowly mm-hmm. um and it feels very romantic yeah that lila's mom finds porn on her computer because lila doesn't that's so embarrassing nightmare lila doesn't know about incognito mode i guess uh, or she assumed that her mom wasn't gonna use her computer which i think is valid um my mom doesn't know my computer's password <laughs> Maybe it's not password. Why would you do that? I don't know, man. There's porn on there. Lila's mom also realizes that, like, one of Lila's necklaces is missing. And, like, she has to confess that she pawned it to buy the tablet with the text-to-speech program on it. Which is difficult for her mom because, like, that was, like, a family heirloom that you just pawned for this new tech thing. And I think that this is supposed to demonstrate that the two of them, like, have different priorities or maybe that Lila is, like, breaking from tradition a little bit, which, like, I don't really get. Yeah, I... They, they're they fighting, like, in general about privacy here. And also it seems a little bit maybe about, like, agency, letting Lila make her own decisions about things. Yeah. Um. I mean, because... You know, as you've talked a lot before, all the family scenes before now have shown this really, like, tight-knit group, especially with Lila and her mom. Mm-hmm. And it's, I think, a bit of, like, a wake-up call for the mom, just in general, to, like, see Lila trying to really, like, exist, not need her anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so, like, this is the beginning of that sort of schism. And then, <laughs> and then Kanu invites Lila to move in with her, which is, like, super quick. Like, those are real fast. Yeah, they've known each other maybe a month at this point. Yeah. Maybe. Timelines are not very clear, but the mom doesn't stay in New York all that long. Mm-hmm. So I guess the, the, the snow has gone by now, so, like, maybe it's, like, edging into spring now. But, like, again, like, a month, month and a half tops. And, like, the thing that Kanun, like, Lila's worried, and Kanun's like, don't worry, your folks will never guess that we're lovers. That is that is a nice perk, uh, and that sort of thing. <laughs> Sometimes heteronormativity means that uh, you won't get uh, hate crimes by your parents. It's fine. <laughs> Sometimes heteronormativity is actually supporting the gays. <laughs> then, like, Kanun 
like like presumably Condom is paying for most of the renovations to her apartment to like make it more wheelchair friendly for Lila um and she says with all the renovations you better not break up with me for at least two years which is a fun line and also foreshadowing (laughs) stop (laughs) it's so when we rewatched this movie and she said that i was just so upset (laughs) but in the context watching it the first time uh it just comes across as really funny like you said condom's hilarious actually yeah she rarely uses her humor but she's hilarious Mm-hmm. Then Lila's parents like invite her to come home for summer break, and then they invite Condom as well. And like shortly after that conversation happens, like over like video chat. Uh, oh, her dad has a really funny line, which is like, "We haven't finished paying off like the trip, the first trip to New York, so like adding more money onto it is like fine. Like it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, why not? Let's just keep uh, keep racking up the debt." <laughs> Lila, uh, after that conversation happens, asks Kanun at like how she realized that she was gay, and Kanun doesn't really answer like that question, and instead talks about coming out to her parents. And she like had a rough time coming out to her parents, but she didn't like being closeted, so she felt like she needed needed to tell them, which is like a fair thing for like a character to you know a person to grapple with like in fiction and in real life like sometimes being closeted sucks i think that there is a huge sort of emphasis especially in queer media about coming out and like specifically coming out to like parents and family and like we talked about this during the um all about e episode but i'm like fully against like big coming out stuff especially to parents like they don't need to know it's fine (laughs) send them an invite to the wedding yeah because coming out stories are always so feel so catered like to straight people like you have to let them in on this part of your life and like you don't yeah and if i'm watching a queer movie i don't want to think about straight people actually (laughs) that's not why i'm here get them get them out and then Lila buys a book on bisexuality, which I don't think that we see her reading, but she does, like, go to the LGBT section of a bookstore and um, buy this book. You know that time in your life <laughs> when you just start reading all the queer lit you can get your hands there on? There was a display in my local library once when I was a teenager, and I was, like, afraid to make eye contact with it. I was like, because the books will yeah. know. You see, they'll read your mind. <laughs> the librarians will look at me, and they'll they will know. <laughs> Their eyes will start glowing. <laughs> Jared is here again. Oh, this is the scene. Oh my god! Yeah. So up until this point, mm. everything is going so well, yeah. and then Lila makes a decision. She sure does, and it really marks how the movie uh yeah. just goes downhill from here to be fair she does <sighs> okay well let's 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 explain the scene <laughs> so they're hanging out at his place. they're hanging out mm-hmm. they're studying don't hang out with ableist white boys you deserve better um she says she like tells him yeah. that she like didn't really need a note taker but like uh kept him on because she she thought he was cute and she says but is with someone. Yeah. And he like flirts with her and she's like, oh, I'm with someone. And he's like, so? And it's Jared. Jared. Like, we know that Jared 
is a yeah. slut. This has been established. Why are you, Jared, assuming that everyone else is uh, as willing to cheat as you or are? Or even not like even like willing to cheat. Like if he has like romantic friendships or like a series of people that he's with sexually and like that's fine. But like why would you assume in our monogamous normative society, why would you assume that everyone else was also like that. And also, if someone says, I'm with someone in response to you flirting with them, they are trying to shut the flirting down, dude. You don't go, so, buddy. Yeah, I mean, I thought he understood basic social cues, but then this scene happens, so clearly he doesn't. Rip to Jared. I hope that he gets the help that he needs. She has to go to the bathroom, and he assumes that she needs help, like, getting on and off the toilet, which, like, is assistance that some wheelchair users require, but we haven't seen Lila requiring that assistance. And it's not like we didn't have an opportunity to see her ha- her needing that from, like, either her mom or Kanum. Like, we have, like, the bathing scenes, right? So for him to assume that just because she is a wheelchair user, she needs this specific kind of assistance. And she, again, she does not ask. Like, if... A disabled person needs help with someone. I guarantee you that they have practiced a million times asking for that help. Like, come on. Yeah, she's clearly, like, uncomfortable about it. She doesn't say... She doesn't stop Mm. him. And I think, again, it's, like, implied that she's letting him do this because he's cute and she kind of wants him to touch her. (sighs) The whole context of the scene is so gross. Uh, and that like the two of them being like physically intimate in this way I guess if we want to use the word intimate um is like the impetus for them having sex yeah I, d- I don't know what is hot about helping someone use the <laughs> I, I, I don't I don't see it um there's a Maybe I'm weird, you know? <laughs> There's a big focus on, like, her underwear. Like, him taking on and off her, her underpants. <laughs> it's like, why? It's not yeah. sexy. This is not... Uh, like, uh, But he, like, tries to make it sexy. He pulls them down so slowly. Yeah. And the camera, like, follows his finger. Yeah. And it's, what are you doing? What are you doing, camera? And this is the only, I feel like, real sexy mm-hmm. we get. Because the one with Kondum, like... We talked about how the it felt really tasteful. Like, the camera didn't really focus on anything. Mm-hmm. We knew it was happening, obviously. Yeah, but this one is way more detailed. The lighting is, like, really harsh. And the, it, the camera doesn't really pan. It just, like, stays in one place focusing on them. And it's it doesn't even look fun. Yeah. They don't look like they're having a good time. So this is a movie where a bi person cheats on their partner. Yeah, because we don't have enough of those stories. Like, because that's not, like, the cultural idea of a bi person already. We, like, need this. I will say, the one thing this movie, for, like, bi rep, has going for it really well is that they do explicitly uh, use the word bisexual in this movie. Yeah. And, like, they make her sexuality very, very clear, uh, which Mm -hmm. usually doesn't happen. They're either just confused or, like, don't like labels. I don't like labels. <laughs> and they always say it like that. Yeah. Or it's framed like they're experimenting or something. I don't know. But but then we get the cheating thing for no reason. And yeah. it's with Jared. And like it, it, Jared. And you have a beautiful, lovely, perfect girlfriend who just like renovated her whole apartment for you and did all mm. this stuff. 
and is going to India for the summer with you. What? And Jared's ableist and a little bit of an imperial dickhead. Like, why? And doesn't, like, respect anything she says or does. Assume she needs help with things. Yeah. She says she's with someone. He just says so. Yeah. Le- the level of disrespect. Stop giving... Stop giving white boys the time of day. Jared thinks... Jared thinks, acts, and speaks with his dick only. Yeah. 100%. So... That happens. And then that's Jared's last scene in the film, everybody. Just so you know, we get no resolution to this except for like fallout with Kanum later. He has served his purpose. And, he's and now we are done out of with there. Him. Like the if you take Jared out of this movie, it becomes a better movie. Like one, it's more focused. You would like presumably get more stuff with Kanum instead and like developing their relationship and their dynamic. And also you get more stuff once we move back to India, you get more stuff with Kanum and the family. Like why isn't this just a movie about a person who has a partner and is close with their family? Why do we have to have High King Peter betraying all of us? Like, I don't understand. I do. I mean, I think it is important to have examples of bi characters who, when they are first figuring out their sexuality, are a bit confused by it Mm -hmm. just because there is no good representation of, like, being attracted to more than one gender ever. Mm -hmm. And half the people doesn't even think, you know, it exists in the first place. Um, you can be confused about it and like talk about it and explore that without cheating. Yeah. That's so Jared could have served a purpose. It just not this one. Mm -hmm. Like we could have still had the scenes of him like being like microaggressing if we want to have that, that stuff in here and like her. We could have even still had her like look at him longingly and just not act on it and maybe like be confused and talk about it with Kanu Mm -hmm. later or something. I don't know. Processing her attraction to him. But like we talked about this this, like the one of the times that we watched this movie because like we had to watch more scenes of it. Like we watched it for class and then Autumn was writing on it so she had to watch scenes again and it was like ah! Um, and then obviously we had to watch it again for the podcast. Like we talked one of those times about how if you look at all of Lila's love interests and the people that she picks over other people, it looks like she is seeking out something normative. And like I talked earlier about how like it seems like she doesn't have a lot of internalized ableism, but because we live in an intrinsically like able-bodied normative world and an intrinsically ableist world it is impossible not to internalize like especially when you're talking about beauty standards right impossible not to internalize some of that stuff even when you are a person who is disabled it looks a little bit like any internalized ableism Lila has is manifesting in the partners she chooses and who she chooses over other people like Nima is able-bodied Druv is in a wheelchair uh, Kanum is blind. Jared is like able-bodied. Like yeah, and it is like that. Could, that kind of thing can happen in a movie, especially if you're trying to explore the life of a disabled person. Like internalized ableism is a thing that exists. Like I am, I am disabled, and I like have to deal with these things every day of my life. So you can have that kind of thing in a movie, but it's never explored or addressed. It's just in there. It's just presented. And Lila doesn't like, I don't want to say that she doesn't face consequences for the way that she treats people, because she does. 
like later for a very specific thing but it's not addressed by the narrative there is one time when she's having her like fight with Druve in the beginning of this movie when Druve's all you know butthurt that she's mm-hmm. like has a crush on Nima uh, and he says being friends with normal people won't make you normal um, mm-hmm. which I guess is the movie's attempt to you know let us in on this uh, internalized ableism that she does have a little bit but yeah as you said and as I said before like when we had the whole conflict around the music competition and and you know how they won that and everything it really never narratively comes up again at all mm-hmm. and it should because more so than the sexuality and relationship thing at least how the movie opens that was framed as the main conflict here yeah uh what's next <laughs> completely i think off, like the next thing is they they go to india for the summer right yeah oh Conan comes home and like uh, tells lila that her visa got denied hashtag pranked because <laughs> she's hilarious and lila like yeah <laughs> and lila like goes to tell her that um that she's done this terrible thing um and then decides not to which mm, don't like it. Yeah, she she chickens out. You can tell at least at least the movie lets us see that she feels guilty about this terrible thing she did. And mm-hmm. and I think she just she's holding off because they're about to go on this trip and blah 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 and she's you know going to hang out with the family and Lila's already really nervous about that in general um you know mm-hmm. a lot going on all at once. But the longer you wait, the worse it's going to be, girl. Yeah. Uh, so the two of them travel to Delhi, and the family has dinner together, and it's very cute. And they're like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad that Lila has a friend. Like, like Kanum is so cool. This is great. Lila introduces Kanum to Druv, and the three of them, like, have a spa day together. And uh, I guess her and Druv are just cool now. He makes some weird com- comments about her being into women. She made an evolved choice. Yeah. <laughs> what does that mean, Drew? What does that mean? We just don't know. Connie <sighs> thinks that Lila, after like having gotten to know Lila's mom a little bit, Connie like thinks that Lila's mom will be accepting of her sexuality because she, like, she's just like a nice, warm person, and she can tell that Lila and her mom have this really, really profound bond. And so Connie is like, "Yeah, if you want to come out to them, then you should, because I think your mom will be fine with it." Then we get this, this like, really cute moment with her and her mom where she, like, tries to come out and sort of fails because the word, I believe it is Hindi that they're, that they're speaking, um, the word for uh, maid in Hindi is bi, and so she says to her mom, I'm bi in English, and so her mom is like, oh, yeah, it's, it's gonna feel like you're a maid anytime that you're around, like, the men in your family because like that's just like something that they've internalized and you gotta like you know push back against that my strong daughter (laughs) it's just like a really cute moment and like more coming out scenes where there's like a miscommunication and it's funny (laughs) yeah that was really fun I I think the first time we watched that we were a bit confused because we didn't get the the translation thing at least I didn't Mm -hmm. uh but yeah rewatching we're like oh oh yeah yeah it, it was really funny uh a lot of, so many of these characters just have, are 
a really good sense of humor. Mm-hmm. This is like a really fun, enjoyable, like funny movie until like some stuff happens later. Like until the cheating thing thing happens and then you're annoyed and then it gets real sad at the end. <laughs> yeah. Case in point, we see her mom taking off her wig and she like brushes a huge clump out of her hair. And that's <laughs> foreshadowing, folks. Then we get um, Lila like bathing her mom and... The, the two of them are talking and she's like <laughs> she says mom I love Kanum as a way of trying to come out again and her mom's like well who doesn't mom please Kanum's great just the comedy pratfalls of trying to come out to your mom the heteronormativity is strong it's so strong and then finally Lila is like Kanum is my girlfriend and her mom says yuck plain and simple and it's devastating. Yeah. Yeah. And the mom, like, doesn't want to talk about it anymore. Just, mm-hmm. I guess, decides, oh, let's just ignore this thing. And I'll pretend I didn't hear it. And we'll have a good time with our lives. Which is not how you you address things. Um, yeah. And the daughter... Lila, like, insists that they talk about it later. Mm-hmm. And um, she's her mom is like it's not normal lila and lila's like that's what they said about my disability why is this any different it's just like a thing that is intrinsic to who i am why are you accepting of the fact that i have cerebral palsy but not the accepting the fact that i'm bisexual which like yeah this is a thing that the world says is wrong but that like is just a thing that is true about lila and like a thing that her mother should be able to accept and, like that's that's good writing like yeah, it. that that conversation, as like frustrating as it is, obviously, it, it's really good mm-hmm. and could have been the setup for a really great exploration of these things that they're talking about. But instead, the plot does something else. Yeah. So we have another family dinner, and then Manu, uh, Lila's little brother, um, invites her to like come play cricket with like the neighborhood kids. They are interrupted. Uh, by their father coming back um, and taking Lila and, and Manu to the emergency room because her mom has like been brought in because her cancer has come back. She's like experienced a recurrence. Lila like visits her mom's hospital room and she encourages Lila to go back to school and like asks how Kanum is specifically. And I think like I don't know because it's very subtle. But I think this is the movie telling us that her mom is like has tried to be is trying to be accepting has like internalized the idea of like oh the comparison with her disability is like accurate and I shouldn't be rejecting her based on her sexuality or at least now they have like, like more important things to worry about I but guess. yeah the first time we watched this movie I didn't even get the impression that she had really accepted Lila's sexuality at all. The second time, um, it was a bit clear because we were paying closer attention to, I think. But yeah, it is Mm -hmm. so incredibly subtle. And like the movie, it really just feels like as soon as we're about to really address her sexuality and like discuss it with the family and like what that means for her, et cetera, et cetera. It's a completely different movie now. um, Yeah, the movie just diverges into this cancer subplot and we kind of forget about it yeah this is a movie about a parent dying of cancer now like we're not going to talk about anything else 
I mean, we're going to address Lila cheating because that's the next scene, but, like, that's it. So even more than Jared, I really think the movie would have been so much better without the cancer subplot. Yeah. Delete that. Like you, Why is it there? <laughs> if you have to be dying to accept your child, like, your child's sexuality, there's a lot going on there. <laughs> the, that's a lot. Yeah, I mean, maybe maybe she could have, like, a a scare with something and need to go to the hospital for a short time if that really needs to happen. You can't think of any other way to write in a way for this mom to accept her. Um, mm-hmm. But why does... She dies and, like, that's all... That's all we're going to focus on now. Yeah. Not to mention, um, she never comes out to the rest of the family. Nope. Not, like... We need this to happen. But after so much emphasis placed on the idea of coming out and like the the really weird way it was received, the fact that mm. now Lila seems totally chill with never telling the dad and brother is weird. And especially because we did get so many scenes of them bonding and like the four of them together have a really good bond and they all get along very well. And that's why like... Her mom rejecting her is super devastating. Like, I want to know the dad's reaction. Like, I bet he'd have something funny to say. <laughs> then the very next scene is Lila telling Kanim about cheating on her. Kanim is understandably upset. And Lila says these two things in very quick succession. I wasn't thinking and he could see me. Dude! She does also explicitly say that she was confused, which is, again... Another one of those uh, stereotypes that gets like mm-hmm. really twisted in horrible like biphobic uh, spaces, but yeah, mm-hmm. he could see me. As that line alone has like multiple implications, all of them bad. Yeah, like if we're talking about like metaphorical, non-literal, he could see me. D- dude was ableist and like. Uh, commodified your culture several times and like was objectifying you like I don't that's not being seen that's being fetishized and if we're talking about literally my dude sort out your internalized ableism please don't say that that stuff to your blind girlfriend holy crap yeah she's basically saying like all those times that Condon was like you're beautiful blah 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 like don't count because she couldn't actually see her but jared could so his words have more weight yeah ew and Condon says that lila was like seeking out normalcy and normativity which like i agree with like this mm. yeah and like again this is not addressed like i cannot stress enough that like this is the last time that the fact that Lila has internalized like certain things about about ableism and like about the worth of disabled people is not addressed and she does not get to work through it like movie you are not complete Connor also <laughs> go back to the drawing board she also kind of implies that uh Lila was just like using her um, until she could find a boyfriend, mm-hmm. which is a- another lovely uh, biphobic stereotype that we're just bringing in here for no reason. Yeah. You just love to see it, you know? Kanan feels, like, used and lied to and, like... That's valid. <laughs> that's fair. You got lied to. Yeah. 
Um, and she's like, you think that I won't leave because I have this bond with your mom? Which like, hey, Lila, <laughs> you waited a, for a very specific moment to tell your girlfriend that you cheated on her. Ooh, the timing boy. is really weird. Yeah. I guess, like, I understand that she wasn't, like, you know, prepared for her mom to suddenly take sick. But also... Um, then we get a montage of uh, the family taking, like, trying to get on while her mom is, like, sick, like, taking care of her in the hospital. Kanum is still in Delhi, but her and Lila aren't really on speaking terms. Um, then we get uh, her mother's passing and the funeral. Uh, and at the funeral, this is, like, a traditional sort of, I believe it is a Hindu ceremony. Uh, where everyone is in the living room and they are sitting on the floor like with the body while a blessing is said. Um, and um, Lila can't like sit in the front row because of her chair. And so her dad like pauses the funerary rites, um, like pauses the traditions stuff to like uh, let Lila play a recording of her mom singing and playing the sitar. And it's like this really, really beautiful moment. Kanu is in the scene. Like I didn't see her the first time that we watched, but she's in the scene. She's, like, in hijab, which is probably why I didn't recognize her, which is, like, a good detail. Like, I'm glad that she was, like, able to come to the ceremony because she did, like, bond with Lila's mom very very much and, like, was a friend of the family. And so, like, um... Kind of, like, and it's, like, Kanun specifically that helps Manu get Lila, uh, like, help her sit in the front row. Yeah, and she's very clearly, though, uh sticking around just uh because of you know the the mother's passing and like to comfort Lila a little bit uh right after her death and then um Mm -hmm. returns to New York alone yeah oh I want to say really quickly that it um I just looked it up and it looks like this is these are actually Buddhist traditions that they are practicing and like Buddhism and Hinduism are super super popular and like popular is a weird uh word to you phrase phrasing to use for like funerary or like a uh, religion but like you know widespread i suppose yeah they've got like marigolds and things what were you saying oh i was just gonna add that i feel like um kanum's leaving i don't know I, there was no real resolution i thought i i had no real idea how they stood when she left it it mm-hmm. felt really strange how they left things to me um obviously you know condoms like upset and stuff but the last we'd been told lila still planned to like return to new york and everything but now she's not yeah and it's not clear like if she's going to transfer back into like delhi college delhi university rather um, or if she's, like, going to take a semester off because her, of her mom's passing. Like, we don't know how it's being handled. Which is weird because, you know, so much of the movie is focused on her wanting to get her degree and, like, wanting to go to NYU. So I don't know, like, why we don't get at least a little bit of, like, one line of, like, oh, the school said that I can start up again next semester. And I, I mean, I don't even know, does she still have some of her stuff left behind in New York? Yeah, also that. Like, is she still paying for her New York apartment? I assumed that, you know. Or, like, I guess it's in it's in Kanun's place now. Like, how are you, are you going to make arrangements to, like, get your stuff out of your ex, your now ex-girlfriend's house? 
I don't even think we really explicitly got them breaking up. It was kind of implied and obviously she was, you know, upset and they're going through it as, you know, she should be mm-hmm. upset. But I wanted some more explicit, I wanted to be explicitly told like what was going on. Yeah. We just kind of get vibes. Um, then like the last sequence in this movie is Lila getting a haircut. It's like socializing a little bit with people at the salon. Um, she asks like her, her, her college friends, her friends from, her friends from, uh, Delhi University asked if she wants to hang out, but she says that she has a date. Um, and her dad drives her to a cafe. She orders a margarita with a straw and there's a mirror hanging on a wall opposite her table. And she like smiles and blows kisses at her reflection and that is how the movie ends, which I think is a the ending to a different movie. That is, it's a great ending when you look at, you know, how obsessed with, like, not being alone and with finding, as we kind of talked about before, for lack of a better word, in her mind anyway, better and better partners um, and ways to, like, stave off her loneliness or whatever, uh, as Kanum mm-hmm. kind of accused her of earlier. Um, so her finally supposedly learning to like truly love herself and being okay with not being in a relationship is great, but we just missed like five or six scenes before this moment. Yeah, there was a whole subplot about a different theme. I mean, for a while. We were never even really shown Lila feeling this way or like being upset about her need to not be alone Mm -hmm. or like really recognizing this within herself um not to mention the little ableism subplot i say little only because it's barely used throughout the movie for some reason never resolved yeah I, i guess we're supposed to assume she's cool with everything now i don't know why she would be nothing changed Nothing changed. Yeah, she just, like, a crisis happened. Like, I don't know about you, but when crisis, crises happen to me, they don't suddenly solve other problems. Wouldn't that be great if they did? <laughs> so, um, yeah, this this movie, I want to like it, but it makes a weird narrative choice with a cancer subplot, and also I am sick and tired of bi characters having to cheat in order to, like display their bias. Yeah. If Jared was used differently and if the cancer subplot was erased, this movie could have been really good. Just replaced with like her mom dealing with her stuff, like dealing with the fact that she is like bi biphobic or homophobic. Like just And at the same yeah. time, Lila could have been working through some of the internalized ableism that she has. Yeah. And it would have been great. A little mother-daughter bonding moment as they work through these things. Personal journeys. They could have went on like a trip together. Mm -hmm. Something. What are our final thoughts? More movies with assertive disabled characters. Less movies with cheating subplots and bi characters. (laughs) Yeah. 100%. More movies with explicit bi characters would be nice as well. Just... Mm -hmm. Again, they say the word bisexual in this, and that's great. It's sad that that is, like, the bar. bar. Yeah. (laughs) That's where we're at. They say the word bisexual, we're like, oh, sold. Is this a movie we're recommending? Like, I keep bringing that up. I don't think so. Like, Honestly, 
I don't enjoy it. I would recommend it because I do enjoy ranting about it. Mm, Um, That's fair. Some of the movies on our list I don't enjoy even Mm -hmm. ranting about, but this one Mm -hmm. I do enjoy ranting about uh, and would love to see the horror in other people's faces during, you know, a few select scenes. It's also fun to not tell people that Hiking Peter is in it and then he's in it and they're like, what? (laughs) Such a random choice for him. Truly, the bar has sunk very low since his (laughs) Narnia days. Yeah. You can find the show on Twitter at ButIsItUnderscoreGay. I am on Twitter as HowAsHewlin. You can find... uh, Thank you to Enoff on Instagram, E-N-O-F-F, for our theme song. Uh, where are you on on the interweb, Autumn? And I am on Twitter at autumnal underscore season. Cool, great. Next week, next week, wait, next week, we're talking about uh, Big Eden is next week. Oh boy. <laughs> Big Eden is next week, and then we get to talk about Open Cam after that. I'm gonna need a drink for that one. <laughs>